Welcome to episode 22. Wow. I'm Jeff. Yeah. 22? Really? I know, isn't it crazy? I know. I just went to, uh, you know, to set everything up and I have to type in which episode number it is. And I was like, wait a second. I know we had 20. I'm like, is this 21? So I actually had to look. It's 22 already. I mean, that that means 20. I think we took Christmas week off. Yeah. So that means that means 23 weeks, basically, that we've been doing this already. Because I think wow. we've only missed the one week, right? What about New Year's? Did we do one New Year's? I think we yeah. did, actually, because we Maybe came we back. I don't know. We came back from college. I don't know. Maybe maybe New Year's? Maybe maybe we just kind of have... I don't know. Did we do one? Did we come back and do it on Wednesday? Okay. Well, you know what? Even if we missed yeah. two, but that way. means we've been doing this for 24 weeks. Yeah. Right? Crazy. Yeah. I can't believe it. I know you, you poor people out there. I know <laughs> you've been, by subjected. the way, why the hell do I look pink? Uh, it must be your, your light, man. What, what kind of lighting you got going on? I don't know. I mean, we are Did so in sun. No, no. I feel like a vampire. It's the exact opposite. Um, we are so much in transition. You know, we're selling our uh, house, yeah. we're moving, yeah. we're buying, we're looking, we're designing, we're, I mean, we're doing all kinds of stuff. Meanwhile, you got real estate clients on top of that mm-hmm. and this and cornhole and the podcast and yeah. and a game on Thursday. So, mm, wow. but I, but I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I'm not. I mean, God yeah. knows the 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 opposite would be awful. So I'd right. rather I'd rather the phone be ringing and it'd be busy than have yeah. nothing to do. Because, again, going back to covid when COVID right. first hit. I, I really I mean other than the real estate, I really thought we were in trouble. I, I was I was wondering, oh. God, when am I gonna broadcast again? So. I honestly going back to that Cleveland National when everything just went yeah. when they when they shut it down on us. Yeah. I sat up in a room with Stacy Moore. We sat there, he was obviously not sober, <laughs> not not doing well. Yeah. Right? Not doing well at all. And I don't think I was that good a help because in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, this is probably it, right? I don't know. We're not the size company yes. with, with the uh, television cachet to maybe survive this type of thing. I agree. And, I think a lot of people were in that camp. A lot of yeah. players even were like, wow, is this is this the end already? Yeah. And then to his credit and Trey and a couple others, you know, like, wait a minute. What if we just everyone else is shut down? What if we figure out a way to do it? And, you know, the rest is history. But yeah, yeah. that night. I mean, because it was 11th hour. It wasn't, you know, I know there's still some people out there. Well, you guys had time. Like, we didn't have time. We set up the entire arena. We were ready to go. And I think it was 11.45 to 12.15, somewhere in there that night, 11.45 yeah. p.m. to 12.15 a.m., that the state, county, and city basically just said, well, yeah. we don't care that you you say you're going through with it. It's shut down. And it was supposed to start at 9 a.m. that next morning. So, yeah, I remember because because I kept cool. trying to get a hold of somebody to see if I should still fly in because I was flying in on Thursday. Yeah, it was a nightmare. And and uh, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. I finally got a hold of David Harris. He said, "Yeah." He said, "We're all going." Yeah. And then after and then uh, late that night, I got a call from from the booking agent with Tupelo, and uh, and she called. I think it was Emily, and she called me. And she said, "Hey, you need to get a flight out." She said, "I know you can't leave tonight. You got to get a flight out first thing in the morning." So I did, but I was trying to call Trey. He wouldn't answer. I was trying to text. I mean. It, and really, it was Trey and Stacy. I, I really didn't know you at that point because I'd only yeah. done two events. Yeah, I'd met you, but that was I was it. just some bald guy running around in the yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but honestly, yeah. I mean, really, the only two people I, I knew were Stacy and Trey, and neither sure, one, sure. neither one was getting back to me. So I, 
Because it but was, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, yeah, that was really a nightmare. Thought, yeah, we really thought that that was that that was yeah. it. But but anyway, so yeah. you know, to be to be doing football again and basketball again, and for the cornhole to be thriving. I mean, again, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. Yeah, but isn't that agree. isn't that kind of crazy about people about human beings? Because that wasn't all that long ago, and it seems like a distant memory. It does, yeah. And it really, it was two years ago. It, it, it seems like it was a lifetime ago. It, it does. It was a little over two years ago that everything shut down. Done. It is hard it, to believe, it, isn't it? It just seems, I mean, it seems like it was a lifetime ago. Yeah, it does. So let me ask you this. Let me, let me, let me do a little... Meet Jeff and Bernie early before we hey, really, let's do it. Before we really and it's dive. your turn, by the way. You're not before, getting in on me. <laughs> before we really dive into it. So what would you have done? Like, like if, if all of a sudden the league collapsed, what would you have done? Wow, Jeff, that's a really good question. I don't know. I really I, I had discussed uh maybe going back, re-upping my EMT thing and trying to press on to be a flight EMT. A flight EMT? Yeah, the ones on the helicopters, you know, the ones that oh really yeah. Do. Because that seemed really exciting to me at the time. Yeah, like Business the smells, I couldn't do it. I, mean, I, I say that now, but I knew it even then. It was the smells that I couldn't handle. Wait a second. So you, wait, 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 wait. So rewind. Mm -hmm. So you were an, an EMT before yeah. you got back in with Stacy. It was something I'd always wanted to do, to try it. I, I mean, obviously wow. medical school was too long of a trek yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But emer emergency medical stuff was something I wanted to try, and I did it. And I didn't do it for very long because it is criminal what those folks get paid. Yes. And then, I mean, literally criminal. They're saving lives and they get paid less than your UPS driver. Right. Fact. What, what do they make? 15, 17, 20 bucks an hour? 25 bucks an hour, maybe? No, not, not lower. Charlotte Mecklenburg is a pretty big area. You would make $12 at the beginning an hour. And then, Holy cow. And then once you got, you know, they're once saving you, people's lives. Once you became a paramedic, then it went up. I mean, you started to make 35, 40. But mm. I mean, you could you could push drugs as a paramedic. I mean, put it this way, in, in the in the in the line of secession in, in the medical field, someone has a car wreck out in the field. The paramedic's the top dog, not the doctor, not the surgeon. Like if they just happen to drive by, the paramedic would run the show. And they're making 35 grand. Oh my gosh. Wow. And they're, okay. And they're right, literally so. saving lives. Yeah. So anyway, I did well, that. So, I, tell me, tell me, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Tell me about yeah. the smells. What do you mean the smells? I couldn't like the handle smells the smells. Of... I mean, so many, so many of your calls are to incontinent people and older, the elderly that oh, wow. are having bowel issues, what have you, and just can't. I mean, it's not just car wreck, car wreck, car wreck. You know, it's not like that. It's mm. going to, you know, uh, facilities and helping people like for example one of the calls i went on it was this elderly woman and they thought that she, she had copd and they thought she was choking you know to death we just set her up yeah lungs drained just, just opened just, up her airwaves but you know just sat her up just had her sit up but the people were in such a litigious society that a lot of the people and and, and the way that our elderly is treated don't even get me started on that you know right. if you've got the money great you're treated very well but if you don't it's right. That's why I am the way that I am, Jeff. I mean, when you see what really happens out there, it's scary how we treat certain people in this. Wait a minute. This, I can't tell if you're being serious. I'm being very serious in this country, in this country, with the amount of money we have in this country, the way that we treat people is. I, I, I can't even get into it. It's, but you are the way that you are because of what I've, you I've, I mean, you've seen, like, you know, look, I grew up spoiled 
private school kid, very spoiled, had a different view on life. But once you get out there and actually see how people are treated and see what it's really like for, for people that don't have the same advantages as others, it's not because everyone's lazy. It's not. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's, it's criminal how we treat the underprivileged in this country. It's criminal, yeah. but it is, I mean, it, it, it's who we are. But so what was anyway, yeah. Like, so I was an EMT. I was an EMT and I couldn't handle the smells like the, the smell of excrement, the, those types of smells mm. were just too much for me. Yeah. I could handle the blood. I can handle the guts, but the smells, cause then, you know, I'm off to the side, you know, vomiting. And that's, <laughs> you're so not, not much, right. you're not much help when you're off on the side throwing up because yeah. of the smells. Yeah. So uh, not to not to take a really gruesome turn on this, but did you ever see somebody like did did anyone ever die in your presence yeah. or did you yeah. have to call? I saved, and... I saved two people with CPR. Oh, my gosh. See, I bet no one knows that about you. I mean, who knows that about seriously? How many people know that about you? I mean, I was one of three people doing it. You know, I wasn't just me. I mean, does uh, Stacy but... know this about you? Uh, I, he knows that I did it. I don't know if he knows the extent of it. Yeah. Yeah. No so one cares. Have... It's, it's one of those things like, oh, all right, cool, man. I know lots of, you know, but that's the thing, because the people that are EMTs are just some random person making $10, $12 an hour. Right. I mean, like you don't think yeah. of them as being someone that saves your life. Well, see, now with the podcast, now everybody knows. Yeah. I mean, those all, are all, all, all 10 people. Yeah. All 10, all 10 of them know. But, you know, it was it was something that I really wanted to do and it made me feel good about myself, but it was boring. That's another thing, <laughs> like, you know, 99% of your time. like it would be a boring job. Well, because you're not on call. I mean, you know, you're in segments of the city, right? You're not everywhere at once. And so fire's there first, and then whomever's in the area for an emergency call goes. Not everyone goes, unless it's a mass casualty incident, which there aren't many of those. So the majority of your calls are just kind of boring, you know, going to rest, you know, elderly facilities and kind of helping people. But and occasionally, you know, you do get called onto something, but a lot of times you're hanging out with firemen and watching them cook. Hmm. So did so, you ever, did you ever get called upon a fatal accident where you saw somebody dead? I, I, we weren't the first ones there, but yes. What's that like? Like to see somebody like I've never seen it. Like you really, you really become did. very detached. And I did it for such a short period of time. You would think I I was worried about being called to a situation like that. And there's a four-year-old oh, or, some, or something like that. I, I didn't get to see that. Yeah. But, you know, I the strangest thing I saw was going to spending a trauma night, Halloween night in the trauma unit at, uh, at Charlotte Memorial and having to talk to a 19-year-old girl who had just stabbed her mother and she's schizophrenic. So it's me, her, and whomever she sees. And we're all having a conversation because I'm trying to calm her down. So they can attend to her mother and then get her separated for the police. I mean, it was just you know stuff like that. Mm. Mental health is such a scary deal, dude. I, I, uh, I mean, she was this, having this, a conversation with that person. I mean, like it was legit happening. Wait a second. So she stabbed her mom, but she's 19 year old schizophrenic. She's having a schizo schizophrenic episode. So in her mind, it's somebody it's, it's her, it's her other person inside of it's her. It's whomever. Didn't... No, well, it's no to schizophrenic. It's, it's an actual person. It's another, I mean, yes, their voice is in their head, but they actually see it as another person. They don't really visualize it necessarily. It's, it's bizarre, man. Yeah. But that person said that their mother was out to get him. And... Right. Jeez, wow! I was actually in another life. We've talked about all the things that we've done. I was in pharmaceutical sales for two years, and one of my one of my drugs was Lexapro. Hey, been we, on it. 
<laughs> oh, have you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I really, I, I, I really loved diving into that. They said Forest Pharmaceuticals, who I worked for, and they send you away literally to boot camp for about 30, 35 days. And you learn from doctors about, I mean, you, it's basically just very baseline neuroscience for about 30 sure. days. And it was fascinating, Bernie. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I really, I really absolutely loved it. But, but one of the crazy things was, was getting out in, you know, once I got out on the field and I was in these doctor's offices, these psychiatrist's office, psychologist's office, and talking to the people in the waiting rooms, it was fascinating. To, I mean, you talk, maybe that's why I do what I do. And maybe that's why I like talking to people, but I loved hearing their stories. Yeah. They were so powerful. They were so tragic, but sure. also, very, also sometimes very inspiring, but I'll never forget. I don't want to get off on a big tangent here, but yeah, we're already there. Sitting, <laughs> True. Yeah. So I remember sitting uh, in a waiting room with a middle-aged lady. She's probably in her forties at the time, maybe. And um, I had my Alexa pro box and bag and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and she looks at me and she's like, thank God for your medication. She said, I, I wouldn't be here without it. I loved it. And so it got me we, through some tough times. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, so, 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 um, um, and that, then that's all that she said. And she's kind of, she was kind of rocking a little bit as she was talking and, and all of a sudden she started saying, I knew I should have had another child. I knew I should have had another child. I knew I should have had another child. And, mm. uh, and so then, you know, I, I, I really didn't press on obviously with the conversation <laughs> yeah. didn't have to, because then she starts talking oh, yeah. and sure enough, what happened was her only child, her daughter died. And it just absolutely destroyed her. And so she yeah. was, she was on a, you know, a pretty powerful, um, yeah. you know, dose of Lexapro that was basically helping her survive and get through the day. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty interesting. It's a, uh, it's, it's a nasty world out there, man. You know I mean? We we're kind of fortunate that a lot of what we do is based around cornhole, but it's, it's pretty brutal out there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, you know, being around Kathy, I mean, she, she was a cancer nurse for gosh, 20 years. Did she work and, in Charleston? No, in Charlotte. Okay. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You told me that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's uh, an I mean, awful she, she's, she's, she's a work. tremendous story. I mean, she's been with, I think like a hundred people when they've passed away because a lot of people don't realize that, you I'm know, sure. you know, on TV and, and you know, a lot, a lot of the people that we know, we, you know, we all have families. So God forbid something like that happens. A lot of times your family is there to help you make that transition. But, uh, you know, Kathy would tell me, she said, that's, that's not reality. You know, for us, it is for our family and on TV, that's what you see. But mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who die alone, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's and, and so she would be there for them, you know, by their bed, which is I mean, you. <laughs> so, again, it really puts into perspective what idiots like me do, you know, travel around the country and broadcasting cornhole and basketball and football, whatever. But I mean, it, to, to that point, Jeff, when we went when I went through my EMT class, they told us be prepared because a lot of your calls, not a lot, but a good percentage of them are going to be just because people are lonely. Is that right? They have nothing, you know, and then they'll feel sick or whatever, and they have no one to help them go. They don't have a primary care physician, so they just call because they feel, mm. and then you're you're there, and essentially what you're doing is just kind of talking to them for 15 minutes, taking yeah. their blood pressure and their heart rate and everything else, and you're you know you're getting their vitals, and you're just kind of talking to them until they feel relaxed enough, and then you leave, and that's really their only contact that they're going to have with someone. Yeah for who Makes knows sense. how long. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Well, I mean, it, we all do it, right? We all stumble, uh, you know, upon an elderly person from time to time. And I just recently did in the neighborhood where we're going to be moving to. And Bernie, he just talked my ear off. It's not because I'm a nice guy, not because he liked me. 
he just has probably has had no one to talk to human, for a long time. Human interaction. Yeah. yeah we all crave it. And I'm, and I'm terrible at it. Like, that was another part of the job. Like, this How is could you be terrible at it? You're doing a podcast. I, I'm, not, I'm not great with the elderly. I'm not. Why? I'm not. I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's fear. I used to be. I used to be scared. Like, and like anytime uh, we had to go, like when my grand, when my great grandparents were alive, anytime we had to go see them, yeah. man, I, 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 I really felt very uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Their yeah. I, I'm with you, and it was. I've never done well with it. Isn't it amazing I, how much we're alike? I mean, I know, we literally just got to know each other <laughs> a year and a half ago, and uh, it's amazing the shared. Yeah. I don't know. As a matter of fact, why don't you, it, since we're already going down the meet and meet Jeff and Bernie wrote like, it's time for me to ask you a question. I had one. And now that we started talking about this other stuff, I forgot it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't write it down. <sighs> All right. Well, I know, I know we need to continue where we left off last week with how I got into the league. Yes. And I yes. feel, I feel Thank like, you. Thank I you. God, that was feel it. like I've told this story a, a ton of times, but again, it goes to what we talk about a lot of times is that, and last night we were on the uh, big ASP uh, podcast. Shout out to those guys. It's a lot of fun being on with them. Um, so we were on with them and, uh, again, you know, I, you know, they, we talked about the same things with them is that as much as we feel like we tell the same stories over and over, we have to remember that there's new people coming into the game all the time. So I feel like I've told this story all the time, but for those who haven't heard it, yeah. So again, you know what, this kind of is a good segue because it goes back to what we were talking about with COVID. So, um, prior, prior to COVID, it's, it's kind of funny prior to COVID. Because I remember it was like fall of 2019 uh, for your guys' fall season. Mm -hmm. um, Tupelo calls and says, uh, hey, would you be interested in doing cornhole? And I said, yeah. I said, you know, I do college football on Saturdays. I said, but if it doesn't conflict with that, because I really only have seven or eight college football games a year. I don't do like 12 games. So I said, yeah, as long as it doesn't conflict with that, um, for sure I do. It sounds like fun. And they said, okay, it's between you and another guy. And, uh, and we'll let you know. So I'm thinking nice. myself, okay. Like, I'm like, I've been broadcasting for a long time, right? So I'm thinking, okay, well, hopefully I'll get it. Because by this point, after I got done talking to him for a while, I was pretty excited about it, right? Yeah. And uh, and I think I'd even talked to Stacy, maybe, or maybe I met Trey, and I was pretty excited about it. And all of a sudden, I get the call, yeah, you're not the guy. Go with somebody else. <laughs> so, so I actually didn't. I actually didn't get the job. I went to Evan. Oh so I, wow! So I, didn't, I didn't get the job to begin with. And then Evan, I guess, decided to do something else, went to Ultimate Frisbee or something like that. Ultimate Frisbee um, was too important. That's why. Evan yeah. So, so Evan leaves. Cool, so man. they call the B, so they call the B plan, which is me. And uh, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing some court hall still? And I said, yeah. I said, absolutely. I'm in. So that's when I did. That's when I did the, uh, this, this was December. And coming up was the 2019 New Year's Eve. So 2019 going to 2020 college championships. Mm-hmm in Myrtle beach. So my first experience ever was doing that weekend with, with Trey and, uh, walked into this crazy underworld of cornhole that I had right. never, yeah. you know, I, I could never have, you know, even dreamt about. And I absolutely loved it. And uh, that's when I met Jamie Graham for the first time. I met Matt Sorrells and Noah Wooten. Um, I mean, just, I mean, th- those three guys still to this day are like my go-to guys because, you know, I was an idiot. I really knew nothing about the sport. I knew nothing yeah. about the game. And so for about two or three hours leading up to the broadcast, I just, I asked them probably every stupid question in the book about, about cornhole. 
and and all three of them graciously gave me a ton of time they gave me their stories told me about the game and that was kind of enough enough to get us through the uh through the broadcast and of course trey was awesome so then after that um I, I, apparently it went well and trey was okay having me come back so then we went to florida and that was a blast and then uh called hey are you available for cleveland and of course that goes back to the whole the whole yeah. COVID thing because cleveland never happened so so i thought okay i thought that's the end of of cornhole wow. and not, not hear from yeah. stacy and trey again and then all of a sudden Tupelo, you know, Raycom, those guys, Tom and, and David and those guys, they called me back and they said, hey, ESPN's thinking about putting together a cornhole tour uh, during the, this is, you know, the summer of COVID in yeah. 2020. And, uh, you know, you know, would you be available? Would you be OK with traveling? Do you want to do this? And I said, listen, I said, I, I told you from the beginning, I am all in on this. I love doing it. Love working with Trey. And plus, I mean, what else am I going to do? It's COVID. Everyone's <laughs> everyone's shut down. Right. 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 And I'm like, let's do it. So that's pretty much what started. That. I mean, that's kind of it's not what started it, but it's what solidified it. Wow. So, yeah, right, so, I mean, so, that's kind of how I got into it. So this is awesome because I remember when all this kind of happened and I was yeah. like, you know, I, I would ask Trey questions. I was like, what do you think of the new guy? How's that, how's that going to work out? <laughs> of course <laughs> you, know, you did. Yeah, of course I did because we, we, yeah. had, we had two guys before you. Just right? stir in the pot. Just stir just in like, the pot. So what's he all about? How's that going to work for, you know, just being a yeah. complete jerk? Just being a but, dick. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I look like one, if you think about it. Just. Oh, we're going to get back to the mustache in a minute. So all right, so what did he say? What did Trey say? That dude's an idiot. He won't be no, no, back. No, 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 no. Typical Trey. Typical Trey. He doesn't know much about cornhole, but I can I, I, I can make it work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, just, truth. I'm the man. Like, just so, it's just so yeah. Trey. Yeah, that's, that's I, true. That's I can true. I can make it work. Yeah, it, it was awesome. But no, I mean, it, you did. It you taught me out. But see, you were a professional. And well, I think just careful now. We don't want to lie on the podcast. Yeah, it's not true. I mean, you you are a professional, and you were one before you came to us. And it so was Evan. Well, apparently, apparently I'm not. So was Evan. Look, I'm not as good, good as of a professional as you thought, considering the fact that I didn't get the job the first time. But. Well, I think you know, Stacy's wife went to Wake Forest. Evan went to Wake Forest. I think the fact that Evan kind of had that a little bit of in could kind of talk ACC with Stacy a little. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of, I think he may have felt more comfortable because of all of that, but I love, I, I was, the I love the Greensboro. Bit, I mean, but it was the right thing. I mean, it's amazing how the right thing happens. Right. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I mean, it is. I mean, I, I, Kathy, Kathy says this all the time to me and, and to be a hundred percent honest with you, it frustrates me to no end because I just don't have the belief and faith that she does in people and in life. She says all the time, everything happens for a reason. E-H-F-A-R. Right. Everything happens for a reason. And and things will work out. Now, she's right, but I still don't like to hear that. But so that I mean, so that's what she would say. She would say to me, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and that's that, that's I when I shake my that. head and walk out of the room, right? Well, I hope I so. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, and I walk away, and, I, and I'm good. thinking to myself, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I wish I could believe like that. I really do. Like, yeah, I, that's I, when I turn I, around and say, hey, you know what a pessimist is? It's an optimist with experience. <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say I'm a pessimist. You, I think you are a pessimist sometimes. I'm a realist. You are a realist. 
that's, that's in, probably which, which exists in between pessimist and optimist. Well, because we've had lots of experiences, right? Because I'm with you. I feel like I'm a realist because we have life experiences. You know, right. we have we yes, we like to believe and we like to hope for the best, but we have life experiences that tell us sometimes things don't work out. I think I like to be prepared for when the worst happens. Yeah, and then the be- if if the best happens, hey man, icing, right? Just icing on the cake. Awesome. I was wrong. Sweet. Let's move forward. Right. But some people, when the worst happens, they're not ready for it because they don't believe it can ever happen. And then they're just crushed by it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm like, ah, well, knew that was going to happen. But yeah, anyway, it all worked out for the best because you're a better fit. I don't know if Evan completely bought in the way that you have. You know, Evan's foot. Still had one fit in Ultimate Frisbee, obviously, because he yeah. chose one Ultimate Frisbee event over an entire year of Cornell. Think about that for a second. He had to not do that one event of Ultimate to get the entire year. Yeah. And he chose. He's like, I just can't. I can't not do it. And it's like, okay. That's, I feel like I feel like in broadcasting. Okay. I feel like in broadcasting, and this is no dig on Evan, but I feel like it, I feel like you do have to be all in. Yeah, and and, and, I, I and it's that way in base, it's, it's that way in baseball. Like yeah. anytime, because because younger guys used to send me their tapes and want me to hear and kind of critique their tapes. I can tell within the first five minutes easy if they're truly a baseball fan and truly a baseball junkie, or if they're just you know they're just trying to put together tape and look, broadcast something and move on. Evan still and, does and USA Cornhole stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he still he still does it when he can, but he was never like, I'm all in, hundred percent. Let's do it. Yeah. I feel, I really do feel like you kind of need to be. You do. And, and, and I was that way with baseball. I mean, I totally dove in. I read the rule book. I talked to all the managers I could. I talked to umpires. I talked to players um, all the time because I do. I mean, I feel like, I feel, especially nowadays where the listeners are so savvy, you really have to consume yourself in that world and, and be a sponge. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I'm loving hanging out with you guys a little bit more now and doing more of the live streams so, to really, to really try and absorb you know, more knowledge of the game. Yeah. Well, God, I just, man, this whole getting older thing is for the birds, man. I just had a great idea, but I was, to your point last night, I was listening to you. I wanted to make sure I listened as you finished your statement and I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, I'm telling it, it you. Just, I, it just vanished. I mean, it was literally, it was there and I had to make sure I was listening and then it just left, just gone. Man, I do the same thing, Bernie, and I don't know. I don't know if it's because our brains have been rewired now, and we're just so like ADD and next shiny object, and we're all so busy, and everything's just life is in such a hurry. Because yeah. I, I do the exact same thing, dude. I really do. Like, like when Kathy's talking, I, I, I I'm trying hard, right? I'm trying hard. Or whether it's my daughter, you know, or or Derek, my son, I mean, whoever. <laughs> I'm trying to listen hard, right? But the more I listen. Um, sometimes then I forget about why I called or what I really wanted <laughs> yeah. to talk about, right? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah I, then I you go in the conversation, you yeah, never so, got so around a, to the whole point of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm a great listener, but then I hang up the phone or I leave the room I'm like, what, God, what, the, what, what am I doing? I can't speaking remember what of the hell your son, Speaking of your son, I'm turning yeah. away for a second. I am so jealous of you and your son right now. I can't even get over it. I can't even get over how jealous of you and your son I am. Well, you know, we've never done anything like this before. 
So, and it, and it's funny because, you know, we're, again, we were on with the big ass guys last night. Yeah, tell, tell, and, tell our listeners because I'm so yeah. mad. I can't even talk about it. So something that I learned about myself last night, it's interesting doing these podcasts because it's real, right? I mean, <laughs> there is no filter. So right, right. I, I can't take it back. What's going on right now? I mean, it's, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's out there, right? It's, it's done. And so something I learned, so you always learn something about yourself when you do these podcasts. So last night, when we got done, I, I feel bad because I, I had a long day. I mean, literally, I didn't finish work on the real estate side um, until, God, I don't know, eight. And then I grabbed a beer to go on with these guys at, at nine. So I feel bad. I was exhausted. And I wasn't in the best mood. But I learned something about myself last night because, you know, they're, 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 just, they're just having fun. They're asking us fun questions. And I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I, I don't know any jokes. You know, I don't remember the last cool thing that I did. Like, I, all I do is work. You know, yeah. I, just, I just work like, I mean, now, now granted I have a cool job and I get to travel a lot and we travel around a lot. We're going to Salt Lake city in a month. And I love that. Yeah. Right. But it's work. You know, we, we don't get a chance to go to Salt Lake city and hang out yeah. by the pool. And, yeah. We're not and, hanging out at the Mormon tabernacle yeah. while we're out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like when we go to Vegas, I haven't had a chance to go to the Hoover dam. I haven't had a chance to drive out to the grand Canyon. You know, we, right. we, we're, we're doing cornhole all day again. Don't want to sound like I'm complaining because it's a lot of fun and I love what we do, but it's not like it's a vacation. Exactly. And and so you know, I was thinking about it last night. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm like, we never like do anything. Like I'm I'm always I'm always you know I, I I feel like I have a lot of life experiences and I have a great family. I love my family and my brothers and sisters and my kids and everything like that. But we've never really just on a whim done anything. So my son and I have been. Derek is a huge just because I graduated from Kansas. Derek obviously has become a Kansas fan over his 19 years of life, 20 years mm -hmm. of life, mm -hmm. and so he's he might even be a bigger fan. <laughs> than I am oh, because, sure. he's, because he's right. younger. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot to him. So I've always kind of told him, listen, because we, we were actually living in Lawrence in 2008, the last time that Kansas won it. So I said, listen, I said, the next time the final four comes around, let's try and go. Well, we, we went, what, four years ago or something like that. And, and we couldn't go. So, so this year I'm like, I got to try and make this happen. So I called as many people as, as I knew and Marlene Navor, who's a really good friend of mine. We worked together at the college of Charleston. She now works uh, in the SID department down at Auburn. I said, listen, I said, I know this. I said, I, and I don't mean to be mean by asking someone, but if you know any Auburn alums, boosters, donors, you know, fans or whatever, who are not going to the final four since Auburn's out, let me know. And I'll, I'll pay them for their tickets. So sure enough, like a day later, uh, one of the boosters from Auburn calls me and says, "Hey, I've got I've got a couple of tickets to the Final Four if you want them." They got uh, two so more. Is, <laughs> no, I only got I only got two. So making that call to Derek and saying, "Hey, man, we're in. I got tickets," and he was so excited. So yeah, so I'm scooping up Derek Friday morning. We're gonna drive all the way to New Orleans and we're gonna do the Final Four on Saturday. Sure. Probably gonna go. Probably gonna go to Baton Rouge on uh, on Sunday because I've always wanted to see LSU. I wanted to see the campus. I, I know. I know there's it's, no football going on. Obviously, I still want to see the stadium. Uh, you, you you will get to see. I think this time of year, Mike the Tiger might be out because there's oh, a okay. big cage next to the football stadium. I've, nice. Baton Rouge is all right. It's all right. I mean, well, it's, I, it's, I it's, it's, it's much different on a football Saturday, right? Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I do, did I tell you the last time we were there, Randy Shaquille O'Neal? No. Uh. Uh. You want to talk about a large human being? Oh God. We, yeah. we shook hands. Let's see if I can get my hand in here. I mean, I've got small hands anyway. His fingers, I think, came to like right there when he shook my hand. Oh my I was like, yeah, wow. And he's like, hey, what's up, bro? And like this just gigantic <laughs> human being. You know, he's like 7'2 yeah. and 300 and whatever pounds. Yeah. He's a monster. 
you know, I mean, it was just massive. You know, and Stacy's like, "Hey, go come play cornhole with us," and he's like, "All right, man." You know, he's being as nice as he could possibly be yeah. while he's being harassed. Then after us, some other guy like has to have take pictures with his child, and I was like, "Dude, guy's just trying to get tickets, right?" That's got to be his daily routine. That's got to be. I awful. know. But he was the nicest guy, actually. But he is a massive human being. I, anyway, yeah, that's bat, that was my Baton Rouge story. Yeah, that's awesome. Of, cor- yeah, of course, you go, go. New Orleans is. Have you been to New Orleans? Yeah, I've now I've been to New Orleans several times, and yeah, I've okay. done so I've done some games. I've done some games down there. Done a few uh, two lane games, so yeah, I'm looking, clean, I'm, I'm looking forward. No, but it's fun. I mean, we'll yeah, walk yeah. around a little bit. But so Sunday we're going to do Baton Rouge, and then uh, then Monday obviously the championship game, and then uh, and then drive all the way back to Charleston on wow. Tuesday. I really hope it's North Carolina. As a North Carolina fan, nothing would be greater than winning Saturday. And we talked about this in the podcast last night. I don't know. I I can honestly tell you. I don't know which game I'd be happier about if they were to find a way to win. I don't think they are, but if they were to find a way to win both games, I'm pretty sure I might be happier about the semifinal because for the rest of, I mean, I'm 51 minimum three decades. No friend of mine that went to Duke or as a Duke fan could ever say anything to me again. Right. Yeah, you, know, I, like we, you beat yep. coach K in his last home game and his last game ever in the final four done, <laughs> done. You got nothing that is, to that say. is total. That is total. Like Mike's drop for the entire North Carolina Ever. program. Ever. Yeah. Now, yeah. see, they win. You know, yes, they do get bragging rights. But I mean, you know, I just looked at the draft boards. They've got four first round picks. The other guy, which is Wendell Moore, is the second pick in the second round. So he could easily slide into the first round. They got five first round draft picks on that team. Yeah. Man. Yep. How are they I, not? I was... How are they not like? How are they not maybe with one one loss this year? Maybe two, right? I mean, they're just so talented, but it's and hard. I, to share I was the ball. really impressed with them. I, I feel I feel like they took it to another level in that game against Arkansas because Arkansas's defense is is really good, and and they were locking down Duke one on one. But the problem is, is that the Duke players were so good, each one of them can take you off the dribble one on one. So they basically were like, fine. If you're going to lock us up, we're just going to do a you know four out five out offense, yeah. and we're just going to open up the middle and let's drive. You know, just every, all of a sudden everyone turns into a driver, and, and everyone got, everyone scores. I'm like, holy you shit! Know, and then on defense, they don't play a lot of great defense, oddly enough. But they've got seven one seven seven wingspan back there. Don't take it to the basket because it's getting erased. Mark Williams is just a human eraser back there, and they, I think they've gotten over that being afraid about its K's last season thing. Because I think that mm-hmm. I think that's why North Carolina beat them in Cameron. I think when North Carolina was still there with five or six minutes left, I think they freaked out and were like, "Oh my God, we can't lose this game!" And I think they all freaked out. I think they've gotten past that. So I'm really worried about Saturday, to be honest yeah. with you, because my my brain tells me that Duke probably wins by double digits, but my heart is just like, "Come on, man!" It would There's be the no way thing it can be double digits, right? I mean, it's gotta be. I don't know, it's man. It's gotta be single. Digits. I don't know. I mean, they were an 11 point favorite, I think. In that game in Cameron, obviously in the tournament, even, they, I think it was even higher than that. Wasn't that like close yeah. to like fourteen or something like yeah, that? Because I remember lowered, when I talked I, about it, I for yeah. sure, I for sure, if I would have known that, I for sure would have taken North Carolina. They uh, they lower the numbers in the tournament because obviously you've yeah. proven that you can get this far. It's four and a half. If I had money, I would put it on Duke. So but, all right, so what did North Carolina do against Duke 
in that game that you're talking about. Second half, they shot 61%. They made shots. Oh, shit. Wow, okay. Um, they Well, they made Duke guard. They, you know, yeah. And North Carolina's changed. They're now four out, one in. And once they're all making shots outside, then you can't help. And Baycott, believe it or not, is, is a good enough offensive player that he can get shots even against a Mark Williams. He knows how to position his body. He knows how to get people in foul trouble. But when Brady Manick has turned into, you know, who know? I mean, an amazing find in the in the in the transfer portal. But if Caleb Love and or R.J. Davis is making shots, it's just very tough on defenses, right? So then you're going to oh, yeah, you've got sure. Baycott that can score. Manic's going crazy. If you add a third scorer, you know it's really tough on teams. And, and and earlier this year, they really didn't know what they were doing. You could kind of tell, and they seem to have found something and a little belief. And they're playing defense. A little bit better. I mean, they're actually trying to guard people. Yeah. And well, I mean that that's that's the thing. I mean, we talk about this on our broadcasts, um, on our ESPN broadcast, that you know, as much as we like to talk about st- about offensive stats in basketball, you know, all the sexy either. offensive stats and everything, you know, the 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 uh, you know points per game and all that kind of stuff, and where they rank, it's defense. And and I've watched and called enough basketball now that every good rally always starts on the defensive. Always. End. Always. Hundred percent. I mean, they say that in football all the time. Defense wins championships, but in basketball, Bernie, it's it really it's critical. I mean, like Kansas, that's how Kansas won the Miami game. Look, I I think Kansas finally played some defense in that second half. So now, best basketball anyone's played in the tournament was the first five minutes that Kansas played coming out at halftime. Yeah, that was. I think that was the best basketball any teams played in the tournament to this point because Miami was feeling pretty good about themselves and were playing well, and they had zero answer for what Kansas was doing. And Kansas came out and just dominated them. I mean, dominated them. And that was as good as well as a team has played all tournament. Kansas might sneak into a national title because whomever they get, if let's say they beat Villanova, whomever they get in the final game is if, if it's possible for this, it's going to have a little bit of a letdown going into that game emotionally. Because that final four game means so much to those so two much. teams. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. So they're, I mean, yes, it's the championship game, but I don't think people put it in perspective. Have you ever heard the name Eric Church? He's a country singer. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you hear what he did? He no. canceled his shows in Texas this weekend. Yes. <laughs> wow. Canceled them. He's like, I can't not, I can't not watch that game. Yeah. Canceled straight up. That's how much this game means to people that are involved as fans, especially those that are from North Carolina. I know Duke has a lot of fans across the country that are kind of bandwagon over the last 10 to 20 years and North Carolina as well. But for those of us that grew up in that world and in that, I mean, it's, this is, this is kind of the one matchup everyone's wanted, but no one's wanted. I still can't believe that Duke and North Carolina have never met in the NCAA tournament. Well, they would never be placed. Usually they're so good. You would never place them in the same bracket, right? Still though, every once in a while, Kansas has stumbled into an Iowa state or an Oklahoma you know, or a Texas. I mean, it just happens just, just sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they try to avoid that, but still, yeah. and especially with the number of teams that the ACC historically, not this year, but historically well, has and had. And it's also where you can't, you can't help. But I mean, when you, the teams you're talking about, it's also a little different with Duke and Carolina. Normally this year is a little different. You're talking right. about one and two seats. And so you're not going to put them in the same bracket as one and two seats. Yeah. Kansas gets put in brackets with teams like Iowa state or Texas that are four, five, six, seven seats, right? So it's not quite the same. 
but Duke and Carolina traditionally are going to be a one or a two seed. So you kind of have to move them into different. Over. They've been playing. This has been going on for a long time. I know it is. It is fascinating. For, them to for the first time ever in the Final Four is ridiculous. Well, Kansas, Kansas ruined the last time they had a chance in '91 when Duke beat UNLV. If North Carolina would have beaten Kansas in that semifinal, yeah. Duke and Carolina would have played for the national title. How crazy would that have been? I know. Yeah. But anyway, how much time we got left? We have. Have we talked cornhole? Uh, By the way, they, they they throw bags into a hole every now and then on a board. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's your cornhole segment your of the cornhole week. for the week. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Um, on that borderline. Uh, we got nine minutes left, so we, we're, we're doing good on time. Um, so I, yeah, so I like, I like, I like Kansas's, uh, chances. I mean, Jay Wright, Jay Wright's such a good coach. Yeah. He's gonna and with Justin, with Justin Moore being out, I mean, when you lose, when you lose a starter and 15 points per game, yeah. um, that was a bad injury. I mean, someone, someone, obviously they have a lot of great D one players. Someone will step up. I'm sure. Yeah, they, but, yeah. but, but yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. You know, if, if Kansas does get past Villanova, whoever wins between North Carolina and Duke, will it be an emotional letdown because you got to turn around just 40 hours? Two days. Yeah. yeah and, play again. And, and that seems impossible. And those people that aren't involved intimately with that rivalry won't understand yeah. that. They're like, that's crazy. It's a national title game. I'm telling you. If it's only yeah. for five minutes at the beginning of the game, it might take the winner of that game a few minutes to get into the because it's. That's this is the biggest game those two schools have ever played, and they've all and they and you know, we're talking two schools that have won tens. You know, Carolina's won six, Duke's won five. I mean, you know, yeah. we're talking eleven national championships between them. This is probably the biggest game they've ever played, and that's it's hard it's hard to put that into terms when people are like, well, it can't be the national championship has to be. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> But in this world, like, you know, the, the entire state of North Carolina is shut down. Yeah, rightfully so. I mean, it's you know, the triangle area. I mean, people are freaking out. Yep. Love it. Yeah, I'm all about it. I mean, this well, is this, what makes this, this time of year great. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to just go and experience. Oh, you get to experience. Like, yeah, I've got to. Well, I mean, that's, that's the great thing. I mean, for, for us. I mean, obviously, we're going down because we're Kansas fans. But to be able to go down and, oh, by the way, the next first? the next game is Duke Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> is like, your game first? Yeah, you, our game's at our, our game oh. six, at six oh nine Eastern. So, so rega- regardless of what happens, I mean, yeah. if we win, great. Oh yeah, we'll stay for sure. If we win, great. If we lose, at least a consolation prize is going to be seeing one of like the all time great matchups in the history of college I just, basketball. I just hope it's a good game, man. I just I have know, this. My brain has this sneaky. My heart is jumping up and down with Carolina blue, but my brain is telling me it might get away from them. I don't know. You did it once. And that's the thing. We did it once, and we blew Kay's last home game. Now they've got revenge. They're more talented, and now they want revenge. Yeah, you know. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. It's it's tough uh, one. I know. I know. It's, it's just, do you just get like that pit in your stomach? I've been sick all week, man. <laughs> I I've, I would be too. I seriously, if it was Missouri, you know, that the, uh, in, in the Final Four, yeah. Because that's that's it, our biggest problem. Oh so. my gosh, it's yep. it's it's stressful. I, I don't I don't know how the kids are dealing with it. I think the kids are better off because they know each other, right? That's yeah. the thing that people don't realize about that rivalry since they're so close. And there's not, you know, Durham's kind of a rough town around where Duke University is. A lot of those basketball players come over to Chapel Hill to hang out. So those players all know each other. They play pickup ball together. They all, you know, mm. they might not all be friends, friends, but they know each other better. Then yeah. the students know each other from each school and the alumni know each other. I mean, it's 
it's an well, interesting... a lot of these, lot, a lot of these kids cross paths in AAU too. AAU, it's all those kids know each other, especially in North Carolina. Yeah, well, yeah, all those kids know each other from AAU basketball. If you're a top 100 player coming out of high school, you've played against all those other kids that are top 100 yeah. so many times throughout the summer. So yeah, they all know each other. All right, so the people who hate college basketball have all tuned out. So. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're missing out. So, all right, before we wrap things up with uh, with uh, meet Jeff and Bernie, mm-hmm. um, any cornhole you want to talk about? Seriously, any cornhole you want to talk about? Any big headline? I know it's kind of quiet, a little bit of a downtime right now. Before uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah, big shout out. I was on the Kids Throw Two podcast yesterday. This is my, so my this is my week to be on podcast, by the way, because I'm doing another one on Thursday as well. But it's yeah. it's been kind of crazy. It was fun to listen to those kids because it's an 11 year old and a 14 year old. And, you know, just to see how their brains work, yeah. you know, because the 14 year old was a boy and he's already like, you know, his goal is to be an ACL pro. Right. That's what he wants to do. And, you know, if it was a different sport, you'd be like, all right, crazy. You got to grow a little bit. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but the great thing about cornhole is it's a possibility if you put in the work and the time. Yeah. So it, it was just cool being on there and talking, you know, and, and the questions they ask are just not so excuse me, they're not nitty gritty cornhole questions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, like, what would you do when it's 13, 15? And like, you know, it's none of that kind of stuff. Right. It's, it's just, you know, kind of your, yeah, I, know, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was kind of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. You did that. I, I, I'm looking forward to going on. I'm supposed to be on, uh, we're trying to find a Thursday where we can record. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that too. I, it's interesting though, to hear you talk about how much you enjoyed being around the kids. And it takes me back to one of our earlier meeting Jeff, Jeff and Bernie's where you said that you had been a terrible father. Because I, th- well, I think they aren't we- my kids. <laughs> so that's why you enjoy it so much. Yeah. Ah, I can see that. <laughs> no, I would have been, I, I would have been the I don't best. Think you dad. Been. I, I would have been the best dad at times ever. And I would have been the worst at times. I, I just, I know how I am as a person. And, you know, I would have, you know, if my mood hadn't been right and I needed alone time, well, you know, you don't yeah. get that as a parent, right? As uh, you know, right, so- you, don't, you don't get the choice to be like, oh, I can't deal with your problem right now. Yeah, I it's mean, you can, and that makes you a bad parent, right? It's just, yep, it's twenty four seven. Yeah, and and that's what I found out right away. I had a huge meltdown early as soon as Derek was born. He had been home from the hospital maybe, maybe four or five days, right? And all I'm trying to do is, is I'm hungry, right? So I just want to grab some deep. But but anytime I try to grab some food, he needs some, right? I mean, it's early. Mm-hmm. I mean, li- yeah. literally, I mean, he's you know crying and he's a little colicky, so he's uncomfortable. We're trying to figure out what's wrong. You know, he cries, then he stops and we walk away and he cries again. So we try to feed him a little bit. You know, we try to move him around a little bit. What are you know, yeah. still crying? So every time I tried to go fix something to eat, um, something would happen. Right. And um, so <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. But so so I finally think that I have a moment of silence. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I sneak into the kitchen, make an English muffin, grab some peanut butter to put on it because it's all I can. I'm like, I need something quick. Right. Yeah. So literally, as I'm spreading the peanut butter on this English muffin, I can't remember last time I ate. I'm freaking starving, right? And all of a sudden, he starts to cry. And my wife at the time is like, Jeff, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I'm like, at, at that point, I like, I just like sunk my head. I was so defeated. Yeah. And, and literally, like, started, like, tears started to fall down my face. And I'm like, all I want to do is eat my English muffin with peanut butter. Yeah. And I can't even do that as I walked away. 
and went to help out Derek. But you're well, see, right. To your see, point, it's to your point, you just cried a little bit and went and did it. I would have been like, <laughs> I don't know either. Figure it the f out. Yeah. Right. Then I, and like, then I, I would have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. No. I don't know. I. Who knows? Maybe I would have been great. But I, I also, I mean, I know myself pretty well, and I know my faults pretty well. And I think there would have been times where I'd been like, just absent. Not necessarily not there physically, but just absent emotionally. And I don't think that's good for kids. So I think I would have been bad about that. At oh, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah. I remember you saying that you're too selfish. You're like, I couldn't have been a good father because I was too selfish. Yeah. And it's more emotionally than it but, is anything else. You know? But so here's my question. Actually, this isn't my question, but question that in your heart of hearts, do you wish you would have had kids? Absolutely. Even, even just one? Absolutely. Yeah. Could I interest you in a couple? See, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> Am I? Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> Am, I? Am I joking? <laughs> oh, that's good. But yeah, that's a regret. Wow. I don't have, I mean, we. I think we all have regrets as humans. And those of us that don't, you're winning, by the way. But uh, that's so, one. That, so that's a real one. Oh, that's okay. a real one. Yeah. All right. So here's what I was actually going to ask you, and then we got to go. Um, I, I don't. I can't believe that. There's another one of those things I can't believe I don't know. Do you have any brothers and sisters? I'm sure no. we've talked about them. No, no I'm an only. Okay. Only child. So when your when your dad died, mm-hmm. um, okay. So does your does his name end with you then? Yes. Okay. No cousins or anything. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, I have cousins. cousins. I mean, I have you know, I have, but in the direct line, yes, it right. ends with me. Jeez. And I, and I chose that. Sure you had told I, me about I, cho- I chose that because there were certain things that I noticed in our line that weren't that great. And it's probably best that it just kind of ends here. Hmm. I disagree. All right. We got 20 seconds left. Good show, brother. Yeah, man. It's always fun. Did we, did we talk about you at all? We talked about you a little bit. I think, we, I think, I think we got into you a little bit this time. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. All right. Uh, hey, well, I'll for sure be in touch with you Dude, this have weekend. Fun. Have fun. Let me know. Send me pictures. I will. I for sure will. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking here in the next couple of days. Right on. All right, man. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching. Bye.